welcome to Crime Time with Maggie Sten. What you're going to be listening to is a series of episodes called The Times Aren't Changing, They Have Changed. With me is Margaret Canine of Senior Counsel. And for a change, I have a lot of questions to ask her. Hi, Maggie. Thanks for giving me another opportunity to uh, run off at the mouth. Oh, no, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. So we've covered your life as a young girl, as studying law, as a fearless prosecutor. Now let's move on to you left the DPP at one point. Yes, not till I turned 60. I, I, did, the, I did the whole course. I, I went into the public service at 18 and left when I turned 60. That so. wouldn't have anything to do with the pension. <laughs> well, yes, I'd paid in for long enough. Yes. I wanted to see some of my money back. Yes. Okay, so you left the DPP. Tell us why. Uh, I was always going to leave then. Um, so, and and uh, there, there's not much point staying in a job where you um, – we really aren't, aren't going to get paid anything more because <laughs> um, I because I could get the, the pretty much the same pay to leave. So I thought I might as well do um, work for myself. See if I'll, anyone briefs me for the defence. And to my great surprise and joy, I have been very busy ever since. You have, but there was a particular thing that happened in your life that all of a sudden. You found yourself the accused. That's true. Um, luck, I sometimes think it was lucky I was 55 when that happened because had I been 35, I, I would have really been maybe broken by it. It was so horrendous. Uh, but it, but it's, uh, it was a stupid story that probably everyone knows. The weakness in, um, it was ICAC coming after my family and the, the, the stupid idea, if, if you think of ICAC, what, how ICAC usually does things, they, they, they choose, um, investigations that are very complex. And so yes. everyone just believes they must be onto something. Yes. And, uh, and thought that they were always right about things. But mine was so simple. Um, and it was so obvious that it was wrong from the start. That well, you weren't really a public figure either. No, and and th- well, that's I was a public official. But the thing was, it was about a, a a young woman's car accident that I wasn't in, and neither was anyone in my family. The, the young woman was the was the girlfriend of my son at the time, uh, and she she wasn't a public servant. My son was wasn't a public servant. Uh, and she was, and she was not, not drunk, not, not under the influence of drugs and not at fault in the accident. And I wasn't there. And she was the, she, she, so that's where it all comes from, uh, apparently. Although for some time we didn't know where it, um, what it was about. And I don't think ICAC did either. That it, it, the point was to get me and. But- can I stop you there? For those of you who don't know, this car accident was started by a peak, pizza delivery man. This pizza delivery man ran into your son's girlfriend's car. Yes, except right, right, except one thing. The car was a, uh, a Ford station wagon, pretty unprepossessing model that, that I had leased from the DPP as part of my salary package. Right. And, um, so, so, but it wasn't actually the car that I drove. I, I, 
um, had spoilt myself with a nicer car by that time. But I had three young sons who pretty much used it um, whenever they asked and, and their friends used it too. There was nothing wrong with that because the, the terms of the lease were that I could use this car um, as a private vehicle in the same way as, I, as any person can use his or her car. There was no problem with that whatsoever. So she was coming home from work. It was about before 6pm one one night and this pizza delivery driver um, crashed right into the side of her, of the car, up um, putting it up on its side. She she was suspended by the seat belt and um, and she uh, uh, it was the car was written off ultimately, very very serious impact, and uh, it was outside. Uh, my local pub, as a matter of fact, at Willoughby, the uh, the Bridgeview, and many people came running out and and rescued her and sat a, sat her beside the the road. The ambulance arrived. Put she she was uh, in pain from what had happened, and the ambulance arrived before the police and took her away. But she'd talked to people. People had smelled her breath and all that kind of thing. Uh, and and everyone who has spoken to me since and who was ne- never interviewed by ICAC said, uh, well, there's no alcohol on her. We talked to her. We know her. We, we knew, they knew her uh, from uh, the whole family having a drink or dinner down at the, the, the local. And off she went in the, in the uh, ambulance. The police arrived soon after because the place, the, the roads were closed down. The, the fireys came because they thought the car might, catch fire it was very serious and and uh, a big roadblock but when the police come to a car accident and the the driver has been taken by ambulance to the hospital they, there's no there's no question of a breath test no. well one the person's gone but number two I, in fact the pizza guy got breath tested and and he got charged uh, with negligent driving um, and but she and she got to the hospital they took they took her blood uh, she couldn't contact anyone because her phone was left in the car uh, with all her stuff, yes. and they took her blood. And um, we, before too long, we knew that um, she well, well, we, it was obvious she was zero zero alcohol. Uh, the police um, and wasn't she coming home from work? Yeah, when, that's right. One knew she isn't drunk at work. All this exactly. Uh, she worked in a real estate office, and uh, you know that and that was that. And she she wasn't drunk at work, and uh, she wasn't drinking at all. And anyway, um, some somehow, um, uh, some days later, when um, the car was it was taken to a smash repairer that I knew because he drank in the same pub too, George, <laughs> uh, and and one of my sons works in the car industry, and I know these people. Um, it was great. I, I find them all far more interesting than most lawyers, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Um, and 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 my friend, son's friends, and everything. So George rang me, but he rang me on the t- the tow truck driver's phone, who, because the tow truck driver had got my number somehow because I was um, the, not the owner of the car. The DPP was the owner of the car, and George rang me and said. Um, uh, oh, right, you know, so your uh, car's in your name. I said, no, it's in the name of the DPP. And I think George said something like, oh. And, 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 I, but I didn't say, oh, yeah. no, it's okay or anything. Yeah. And, oh, and, and, um, and, um, you know, some, some, because it sounds like a scary director of public yeah, prosecutions. Yeah. Oh, you know, oh, it's, you know, but so what? Um, 
the the phone call was being intercepted because the tow truck driver was a drug dealer. Oh, good. Um, okay. I didn't know him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he wasn't a friend of mine. Uh, but but um, that that was why he, it was being intercepted by I think the Australian Crime Commission or whatever it was then called. Uh, I don't think it's called that now. But I now it's called that. It would have it, been called the NCA or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. This was in two thousand and fourteen, and and. I I know that these these uh, bodies that these investigatory bodies liaise with one another, and I bet there was some conversation between the heads saying, "Oh, who should whose voice should turn up but Margaret Keneen? And but what what was also said in that conversation was George said to me, "How's Sophia? Fine. What did she go to the hospital for?" And I said, "Chest pain." And there was also probably some inappropriate laugh laughter uh, in regard to the fact that she'd recently had. Um, augmentation yeah. surgery, yeah, and 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 maybe I shouldn't have in, or maybe I should have shut that down in some proper way, but I probably didn't. I don't know, uh, but I was, anyway, chest pains and you know something about fake boobs or something or other, and that was all construed as 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 being um, we all have to be careful and fake chest pains if we're going to have a a, a, a breath test. I think yes, yeah, well, uh, but, that's how the newspaper. Yes, report. that's right, but not that that was ever. Put to me directly, because because it was months later that I came to my house and took took my phones, uh, everyone's in the family's other people's phones, and at the same time they were at my son's place and they took his phone, Sophia's phone, and um, and I said, "What's this about? We couldn't put to, we couldn't mm. understand what it was about. We really couldn't." And then there was a phone call from ICAC a few days later saying. Oh, by the way, I said you can't take my phone. This is not a this is not a, a warrant. This is not a warrant to take yeah. a phone. And they said this is how we do it. It was a notice to produce, and it was signed by Megan Latham. and And I and I known her for by then, um, twenty or thirty years, twenty five years. Were you friends? Uh, well, as as much as anyone, could, I thought I, as much as if people can be friends of hers. Um, you know, but can I just? Were you friend? You were obviously friends in the workplace. Yes. And you work together. Yes. Were you friends socially outside? Um, well, at legal functions, and and indeed, her personal trainer um, used to live next door to me, right. so I'd see quite a bit of her. My husband, who was a teacher, had taught her son at school. We had a lot of connections, and we'd worked together for an awfully long time. I'd appeared before her in um, the district and supreme courts. Had there been any animosity between? Never, you? never. Um, never. I, well, what do you think brought this on? Um, I, I think there was a push to make sure that I was never uh, um, appointed a judge. And Did you want to be a no, judge? No, and I, that was the funniest thing. I'd always said I didn't want to be a judge. It's not me. I don't even think I'm good at judging between two sides. I love being given a side to argue and then I go hard. But I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a good judge. I, th- I don't, I think many people aren't very good judges. That, um, and, uh, but I wouldn't want to be one. I wouldn't want the, uh, the curtailment of my various freedoms. I wouldn't want it to be said to me that you can't go to the pub anymore because you're a judge. That I might as well not live. Well, on top of which, my biggest problem would be how do you stay awake listening to all that rubbish? Well, that's, and you've got no control yes. as a judge. As, as, an, as an advocate on either side, as, as a captain of either of the teams, you've got control of how long the trial's going to go, how, which way it's going to go, and you can get in there and cross-examine and 
and make a great uh, peroration uh, about your side, and and it's something to do. It's gee, you've got no control up no. there, and I think I think there's a lot of unhappiness on the bench, but. Because it was always thought... Well, the late John Ford always used to tell me that his days on the bench were the loneliest of his whole career. Well, that I would hate that because I love people and and I think most people like me. Yes, and, they do. And I, I just um, love um, mixing with all kinds of people as I'm free to do, free, freer now perhaps than even as a Crown Prosecutor. But people don't seem to be free to do that as judges and all they do is end up uh, mixing with each other, which would be uh, death, so boring. social oh. death and every other sort of death. Okay, uh, so let's go back to why do you think she signed off on that or do you think it was her or someone above her? I, I, well, I think she, she I, I think she wasn't the only one, um, but, but I later heard, I, I, later, I, I had been told that two judges were blackballing me for silk for a number of years and I'd also been told that I'd be very surprised at, who in particular one of them was. Now I know. Mm. Uh, but but I think it was the perception. I don't know whether, she, whether I was disliked because I was thought not to be very good. I, I, I don't know if that's the case. But there was the perception that I was of a uh, – Conservative political bent, right? And and one one section of the media always writes up, you know, uh, John Howard's friend Margaret Keenan or, or Tony Abbott's well, friend. Wouldn't we'll exactly call Meaghan Latham out there. Um, well, um, I don't know. Uh, did you, well in that case, it's worse because it looks like um, an attempt to destroy me. Because they make no bones about it. There, even after. Um, I decided that uh, for me I could take it, but for my my children, for my son and his girlfriend who weren't lawyers, who hadn't been to university, why are they going to be um, subjected to the treatment that they'd never be subjected to even if they were accused of murder? You get more rights in the yes. proper criminal courts than you do in ICAC. So, so they, so I didn't know whether they might have had something on their phones pertaining to who knows. Uh, Drugs or who yeah, knows what yeah. that young people do uh, that I didn't know about. Well, the late Justice David Levine was very scathing of the ICAC report. Yes, he, he well, he wrote, wrote a report of his own motion yes. and he said that ICAC had treated our family unjustly, unfairly, illegally and oppressively. Yes. And, and said it was just inexplicable that, it, that, that one called the police to find out that that her blood was zero would have been an end to it, but but it was uh, the trouble. With, uh, they can destroy you um, before the end of the inquiry, and and I I feel that there was a, a, a move on to embarrass me to or do something to me. Um, who knows? Maybe it's just because people are someone's jealous and think that you're having too good or too fun a life. Uh, but yep. but after all, she was she she was much more senior senior to me, earned a lot more money than me. So what's she complaining about? And what was also interesting about that is because after the ICAC report, you then took them on in the Supreme Court. Um, not before the ICAC report. Um, During before it before came it, before anything happened before yes. they even had the pu- a public hearing. Yeah, and you won up there. Yes, and then they appealed to the High Court. Yes, and you won in the High Court. Yes, and the High Court and and that's a very important decision because it changed part of what they're allowed to do. 
Yes, although um, shortly after that, the New South Wales government, in a, in a way which uh, if I'd been disposed to vote for them before, it's the same government in, uh, make, makes me reluctant to vote now, uh, p- passed a, what is called the ICAC Validation yes. Act, which which basically absolves them of all the mistakes that the High Court said they'd been making for years yes. by not being able to read their own statute. And so, so that, so they were, so in other words, ICAC couldn't lose. Um, either they won in the High Court or if they lost, they got the, they lobbied the government in disgraceful scenes for a public servant going and lobbying the government to change the law to absolve them of wrongdoing. But that, but it happens. That's, they do that all the time. That's, I mean, that happens when people win cases, the law's changed. Yes. That's not new. It's but for, a, for a whole ta- body to, yeah. uh, and, and it affected so many people. And it hasn't. It, it's still affecting people who have been wrongly uh, vilified by this body without need of proper proof. And so, so, but it didn't stop then. It didn't stop for me then, because uh, the person of whom we've been speaking uh, approached my then boss, the then DPP, with uh, all my phone records, nine years of them, going way back before. This car accident. So, what what right did they have to be um, uh, um, breaching my privacy Who was in that the egregious way, uh, Bab? Okay. Uh, and and it, it, whether this was deliberate or not, huh, um, it, it did something which engineered a bias in him against me because some messages were found that were somewhat critical of him. Um, well, I don't think time, you would have been the first or the last with that. <laughs> at a time when um, it, um, someone sent me a message saying that he was basically losing an appeal in the CCA for want of uh, even d- doing what was obvious, cross-examining and fighting, um, in relation to a case that I had worked very hard on as a prosecutor, um, a case of Gillam, and uh, which was in effect a triple murder, a family murder, and uh, that's the one that there was a TV movie made. Yes, of. there was. Um, but anyway, that he was acquitted by mm. I think the other judge who'd been blackballing me and and the, the rest of the court too. But the main judge judgment was written there, and that was the same judge who'd put me off um, at Water Street's behest years before in MG against R. I wasn't permitted to do the retrial and the retrial was lost, although that particular offender remained in jail yeah. because he was guilty of the others. It's all... It's, it's very, oh, very strange, it my is. life. But, you know, as a taxpayer, it's a bit frightening. It's, oh, it's, it's really frightening. I mean, we, we really, really need lots of things like schools, more nurses, and yet we're wasting money on this rubbish. That's right. And, and it's, it is very concerning. I, I, I'm afraid I have to think that even though there are, there were funny old things in the old days, at least the people, people's honour didn't permit them to, to, uh, take out, to, to exercise personal vengeances and, and do, I mean to bring all the resources of a of a powerful body like ICAC down on my family over uh, a, a spurious um, and misreading of a phone call about some girl's maybe possible drunk driving case that didn't happen that I was nowhere near. It's outrageous, yeah. and yet, uh, well, she, she's not there anymore. Well, it's a bit like Kafka's The Trial. It, it's exactly mm. like that. Okay, so this happened when you said you were, what, 55, 56? Yes, and 
it, it was very hard because my family were involved in it. That was the hard thing. It was so so un- and and so and I was um, suspended from work for a long long time. Uh, but it, but my family became very cohesive. But some of my kids had moved out of home, but they all came back. All my three sons and and their dad and me, we we just really hung together. And it's it's been a a great thing for the um, the love and um, closeness of of my family. Uh, but it's it's also it also proved to me how strong I can be, and it also taught me this that people. Get get falsely accused. Aha. Uh-huh. And, yes. And uh, how terrific! It wasn't meant to be an eye opener for me, and to, to and to make me into the defence counsel that I hope I have become. Um, and that is someone who um, looks at who 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 listens to my client, listens to the things that the prosecution can't know, and and fights for that poor person who is just an individual up against the state and uh, that and it, of course there are cases where it, it's obvious and there's plenty of evidence that someone for example has shot someone or or, or done something when, when there's plenty of evidence but it's the cases that I have been um, extremely moved by and extremely uh, motivated, to get justice in are those cases where there's there's not much evidence. There's not there's there's uh, it it really is someone's perhaps word, or or even and the gosh the case that is probably the most important case I've ever done in my life is the case of Mister Kulwinda Singh, who was was wrongly accused of of murdering his wife, and uh, all of the scientific evidence pointed to uh, this this poor woman setting fire to herself but there was also evidence that she she really miscalculated in she rugged herself up on a hot rouse hill day rugged herself up in in woolly uh, uh, apparently woolly clothes but it was all acrylic and she poured a very small amount of petrol on herself but she she was used to kerosene and she had no idea how flammable petrol was. And this was in the context of a lot of pressure from her family, most of whom was still in India, saying, if you put on a domestic violence uh, uh, turn, we'll all get the house. And it was a very lovely house that my client, Mr. Singh, and his, had worked for, for for a long, long time. He'd lived in Australia for 30 years and worked really hard. And the great thing about Mr. Singh was, for a defence counsel, he didn't go to pubs, he didn't go to brothels, he didn't gamble, he'd never had a smoke or a drink in his life or a drug. He'd, uh, he was, he was God, perfect. You'd want to go to dinner with him, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but but it, 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 we could run a, a very good character case. But but the the prosecution, should, but all the evidence, the evidence of the scientific evidence, the only fingerprints and DNA on the petrol can were hers in a self pour motion. The petrol can had been um, just a little bit poured out and it had been neatly rescrewed back and put in the cupboard and the cupboard door closed in the laundry where there was where he never went. There wasn't a fingerprint of his. He, and he confidently said to the police, "Look, I never go in there." And and on the on the uh, um, the lighter which was in the laundry that she used, it was her fingerprints and her DNA, none of his. And the, his sisters 
begged me to take the case. I was too busy, but his sisters begged me to, and they're beautiful, beautiful ladies. And they told me about her hair, even though she, her whole body was so dreadfully burnt. Her hair wasn't burnt, and they, and she, she was very proud of her hair. And there was a towel on the scene that no one had brought there. She'd put her hair up to save it because mm. to 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 save it because she thought she'd survive. And you know, as I as I said to the jury, a murderer is not going to protect her hair, and yeah. neither is a suicidal person. And thank God, thank God, he was found not guilty. What do you think is easier, prosecuting or defending? Prosecuting. Do you think that you would have taken to defending which with such enthusiasm if you hadn't had your own experience? Um, probably not, um, although I'd started to see uh, really dodgy cases being prosecuted and, and I'd started to have arguments about right. doing them. So I was on the way, and a friend of mine, Brett Stewart, the manly, the then manly fullback, was falsely accused in a, in a sex case. And, and I, so that was back in 2008. That's another, trial was in that's another thing you receive severe criticism for. For giving character evidence yes. for him. And, and from whom did I get the criticism? Not prosecutors. How funny. Uh, or, or, well, I don't know who I got criticism well, it was just, from. You know, I just read articles about it. Yes, but and and yet, finally, there was an article by a, a, um, a journalist who who dug into this case and proved that the father of that girl was a con man who moved into that area. It was all proved that it was a total put up job, mm. just as I said it must yeah. be. So uh, once again, I, I hate it when I'm right, Maggie, but. Um, I, I was right again. Right. Uh, j- yes, I was just as I was, you know, anyway. Over the years, you've obviously seen changes in the law. Yes. Okay. Um, for instance, police powers, do you think they're changes for the better or worse? Well, the new bail powers are extraordinarily um, oppressive and wrong. They're shocking. Uh, it's, that can't be just, there can, no. can be no justification. I've never understood how the Bail Act with those things with that we used to have presumption against bail and now we have show cause. Mm. Never understood how that sits with the presumption of innocence. That's right. Oh, that's so true, it, and and now, um, and well, the, the stupidest uh, uh, area in bail now is uh, if someone is found guilty or pleads guilty to a to a, an offence which is likely to incarcerate them eventually, then they've got to go in straight away. Yes. Well, who's going to plead guilty now? That that I thought we were all trying to get reasonable pleas of guilty. Yeah. But but that that will set it back so much. No, why would you plead and get your twenty five percent of the local court if they're going to lock you up straight away before you can uh, get your affairs in order and get? Yeah, and get most the, magistrates will. Yes, it's it's and that's a, just a terrible thing. And um, it doesn't you know more dangerous six weeks before, uh, and but it's just it, it's uh, inhumane really uh, when people are facing. Um, Custody for them not to not psychologically to get themselves used to it, and uh, if they're not if they're not some psychopathic yeah, danger. Sure, with the um, sex cases that you did as a prosecutor, you did some gruesome ones with the gang rape cases. What's your view of these new consent laws? Well, all I can say is um, 
Uh, what every human person other um, who has a bit of um, sexual experience knows that in consensual cases there really is no talk generally. No, uh, it's, it's just a, a an organic progression. Let, <laughs> let alone how you can possibly think mistaken identity. Yes. When right. it's a boyfriend or a husband. I mean, <laughs> That's that, right. That just, so, just ridiculous. So for, to call for not just one consent, not just yes, yeah, one yes, but, but these laws call for consent to be, uh, uh, asked for and, and received about each successive, um, sex act. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so even even that, um, how you can have sort of ten offences out of something that is just a progression of that's been sexual coming activity. for a long time though. Those sexual assault cases where there's fourteen different things that assault because your arm moved yeah. or your leg moved. <laughs> it's another offence. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's anyway. It's it's not. It's going to be just as um, silly. As it, as, as it is now, because obviously there'll be one party saying, Oh, well, I did ask for consent all the way through and it was forthcoming and the other saying, so, so it's not really going to change anything. No, I think it's going to make it much harder. Well, it's going to make it much harder to, um, for, for innocent people to yes, be, uh, to defend. I think. Yes. And, and that's what I've noticed the difference between in sex cases that, that I used to prosecute. My goodness, um, the, the, the medicals uh, would be full of injuries, uh, and uh, dreadful, all kinds of injuries. Now, the cases in which I'm defending, there's, ne- there's no injuries at all. Yeah. No, no, no genital injuries, no, no body, bodily injuries, no bruises, no signs of restraint, no nothing. And so you say, oh, well, did you, did you hit him? Did you put, no, oh, no, what? no, no, I didn't. Why, why not? Oh, I thought he might hit me. What, did, had he hit you before? No. Um, so, so, and you want to say, so hitting is, is worse than being raped then, is it? I know, it's, it's. it's so it's out of control. It's, um, I, I'm sorry, that, but it's, everyone knows that the seriousness of the allegations now, now, uh, uh, is so much, so much less than it used to be. And, um, in fact, so, so often, a feature of the case is the pretext calls. And invariably, there's some poor bloke with no criminal record whatsoever who's met someone on Tinder and been either in his own bedroom or, or by her consent in hers, yeah. say, uh, saying, oh, I'm sorry, when, when she says, I didn't really like that last week or last year. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, didn't you? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry now gets construed oh, yeah, as an admission. Oh, yeah, that's an admission of guilt. Yeah. And, and it's not, it's not, it's a, it's a gentlemanly person, um, straight away being sorry that the, the young lady in question, uh, has bad feelings or something like that. Straight away going for the sorry. And now, I, I think men are treating women nicer than they ever have. I agree. Uh, from, from my perspective yeah. as an older woman and yeah. grandmother. Yeah, I agree. Um, and much and 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 I just don't see the types of rapes that I used to see coming through the system anymore in the numbers that they were, uh, and 
but but these ones that are very different um, uh, uh, consent to a, uh, many many things and perhaps um, not consent to one aspect or something like that, where it's obvious that there's been some uh, lack of meeting of the minds and and uh, we, it's always fraught in these areas. Sexual activity is always a yeah. bit of it, it's always different. Um, it's every couple is unique, and and if it's the first time or between a couple, well, it's you know you've got to be all careful about things and and men have got to be very careful too i think they do and i i think that a lot of the problem is and the women who tend to bring charges can be for a number of reasons but a lot of it is because the guy just hasn't shown her the respect that she thinks she deserved yes had he particularly the footballer cases yes had he have been respectful none of this would have happened that's right um, yeah. Well, once again, it's been fascinating. And before we finish, let me ask you the most important question. Do you think you have had it all? <laughs> uh, well, I've, I've had what I've enjoyed having, which is um, a very happy family life. Lots of great friends, and I found out who they were. Yes, you uh, did. I, yeah, and times I found of out, need, you do. Yeah, that's right. I found I, I was lucky enough to find who my friends are, and I've had the most interesting career that you could possibly have. I haven't had a great life of luxury. I haven't done that much in the way of travel or or uh, anything tremendous. But um, but I've I've had enough to be happy and and. Gosh, I'm a woman of simple tastes. A, and co- I gather, a cold beer will do it yeah, for me. And I gather you also didn't have three nannies and a, and a cook and a garden. No, I pretty much did it myself. So it can be done. It, it can be done. You cut corners, but but I can honestly say, being uh, doing having the job I've had made me a better mother, and being a mother has certainly made me a much better barrister. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think the worst thing in the world for any kid of mine would have been if I was home with them. I think that would have been a disaster. We could have a dead kid by now. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been fascinating. Thank you so much. 